Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. If you're loving what you're hearing on the podcast, go out and tell two friends today. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast can be found on more than 20 different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Podbean, CastBox, and many others. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the Real Estate Espresso Podcast. Go spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? On today's show, we're talking about how sellers mislead buyers with amazing regularity. It is understandable. They want to sell. Once the decision to sell has been made, the seller often feels tremendous psychological pressure to eliminate the uncertainty of the sale. Sellers want to bring certainty to the situation, almost above all else. Is the property going to sell? When will it sell? How much will it sell for? All of these questions remain open until the transaction completes. The seller will often resort to manipulating the buyer just in order to bring closure to the sale. But the key is never to be an anxious buyer. When the buyer has no anxiety, they maintain their negotiating leverage. What I'm recounting today is an accumulation of attitudes and responses from several sellers and not just from a single deal. The most common of these techniques is used by creating artificial scarcity. You've seen this one before. The game looks something like this. Hey, Mr. Buyer, this is a unique opportunity. You're going to hear that you need to act now to avoid missing out. You'll hear how the seller has several other people looking at the property right now, and you need to act quickly. Now, we usually respond that we can act as quickly as possible. That means we need answers to our due diligence questions. And some due diligence questions can be answered quickly. Others involve third-party consultants where we don't control the timelines. We've had sellers say that we can have no more than four weeks due diligence. But then the lead time for a surveyor in the current market conditions can be as much as five weeks. And the lead time for an environmental assessment in some markets is seven weeks. And the lead time for an appraisal is six weeks. The seller is often unsympathetic. But for the established investor, there's no such thing as missing out. We have more opportunities than we could ever complete in a lifetime. We have multiple projects cross our desk every week. Established investors will not be manipulated into taking undue risks. In other cases, we find that sellers will provide information hoping you rely on their information rather than performing your own due diligence. We've had sellers tell us that the entitlements are completed, but then they're unable to produce the documentation to support those assertions. See, professional investors don't rely on verbal information from the seller for their decision making. They just don't. We had a seller give us a measurement of a road width that was measured diagonally at a 45 degree angle instead of the actual width of the road. Maybe they thought we didn't know how to measure the width of road. I don't know what they were doing, but it was clearly incorrect. We had another seller's property fail in due diligence. We made it clear that the property had some serious deficiencies. And when we told the seller, we told the seller we would need to cancel the contract based on those deficiencies, or as a minimum, we would need to extend the conditional period in order to perform more due diligence and finalize a decision. Well, the seller in that instance had the guts to demand that we pay a non-refundable fee in exchange for the extension. Well, they were the one with the problem. It was their property that had the deficiency. It wasn't our issue. Needless to say, we canceled the contract. We had a seller tell us that a rural property which had not been occupied in over 15 years, still had a functioning water well and septic system. And the fact is, they could not demonstrate that for us with any degree of certainty that their representation was true. We had to assume that the well and septic would need to be replaced. In fact, the locations of the existing well and septic don't comply with the current building code. 
the new rules require that the well and the septic be separated by a minimum of 49 feet, and the existing facilities just don't meet that measurement. So as a result, we had to assume that both would need to be replaced entirely, and still, still the seller was using the assertion that the well and the septic were both functional as a reason to justify their current asking price. You know where this is headed. We didn't buy that one either. Have we lost the occasional deal? The answer is yes, absolutely. We have let good deals pass us by. You bet. But at the same time, we've avoided buying properties that would have turned out to be a disaster. In an environment where deals are truly an all-you-can-eat buffet, there's no reason for a buyer to be desperate. On the contrary, the seller is the one with the problem. The buyer has an opportunity. But an opportunity and a problem are not the same. They're very different. It's always easier to spend money than to get money back, even in a seller's market. And some sellers display arrogance, even disdain for the buyer. But for the professional investor, it's so important not to get caught up in the seller's narrative. To quote Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, an investment with no exit is called a prison for your money. Exercising extreme care in the purchase is critical to maintaining the liquidity of your investments. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. Talk to you again tomorrow.